Hello, and welcome to The Blueprint, lifestyle design podcast, unpacking and applying creative design principles to help you live your maximized life. And now, ready to help you design and build your ultimate awesome future, here's your host, Andrew Lord. Hello, and welcome back to The Blueprint, where we are unpacking the source code for success, abundant living, and how we can use education to share that with our communities. And today we're chatting with two teachers who are passionate about doing just that. Joe Medlin and Adam Nobilia have just recently completed filming of the uplifting SBS documentary, Lost for Words. It follows eight brave Australians on a life-changing opportunity to transform their lives by taking part in this intensive nine-week-long adult literacy program. And it also shines a spotlight on Australia's staggeringly low adult literacy rate. So let me introduce you to our two guests, the two teachers from the show. Joe is an adult literacy and numeracy advocate who has been teaching literacy for over 30 years. She's done volunteer work, uh, including her current role as the president of the Australian Council for Adult Literacy. And she's been on a number of uh, national committees aimed at promoting access to adult education and literacy. She's passionate about helping people develop confidence as learners so they can feel empowered to go on and achieve their goals. Now, Adam has worked in corrective services as a teacher of special education. He's been doing that for over 13 years and still doing that on a part-time basis. He teaches literacy, numeracy, and vocational skills, as well as a psychoeducation program designed to reduce uh, offending behaviors. He facilitates groups for parolees who've been convicted of domestic and family violence offenses. He delivers the sober driving program. And of an evening, he teaches the Cert 3 in community services to Aboriginal students at Eora TAFE in Redfern. Just like me, Adam has a blended approach to education. He's got counselling qualifications that inform his work as an adult educator. Now, we're always looking at different ways to share our message. And so Adam is not just an educator in the traditional sense, but he also writes and performs as a musician under the moniker Adam Blacksmith and he's about to release his third studio album, Blind to the Sea. And we might have to get Adam back another time to talk about this other work, but for today, we are learning all about their educational journey and what you can look forward to in the Lost for Words documentary, which is premiering in just a few days. So Adam, Joe, welcome to The Blueprint. Thanks, Andrew. Nice to meet you. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Lovely to be here. All right, so... If we could just start with uh, helping people to understand the overall concept of uh, this this documentary, can uh, Joe? Can you sort of unpack that for us just a little bit? Sure. So it is a documentary, and and I think that's important to understand because it's not scripted. So definitely, what you see is what happened. Um, the the concept of the program is to follow a group of extremely brave adults who've come forward and said they're having challenges with everyday literacy tasks and they want to get some assistance and um, we basically design um, programs for them and take them through a nine-week very intensive learning experience um, to help them improve their literacy. Yeah, cool. And so how did you guys uh, get involved in this? Adam, if I could come to you and just ask, you know, how did you find out about it? You know, what, what's your background that, um, that made you a good fit for the, the program? 
Yeah, well, actually, I got a call from a colleague of mine. I work in corrective services in Sydney as a teacher in Long Bay. And um, and someone said, oh, do you know anyone who has literacy issues? And I said, well, I know many people who have literacy issues. Yeah. Um, but I knew someone from from my outside life who I tutor. And I thought they might be interested in the program. And through those discussions with the production team, um, they said, oh, well, maybe you might be the good fit for the teacher on the program. And I hadn't really considered myself the teacher. I was putting forward a student. So um, so that was a really nice to, I guess, to reimagine myself as the teacher, mm. which, you know, I do for my job, but it was, I hadn't considered that I'd be a part of this as the teacher. So it was a real honor. Yeah, cool. And what about you, Joe? What was your entry into this? Well, I actually came in a fair bit earlier than that because my volunteer role is as president of the Australian Council for Adult Literacy. So the production company actually came to us as one of the groups to consult with about how this might work and what the issues around adult literacy were and how it could be framed. And so I've been talking to them for quite a number of months about the possibility of the project, helping them to shape it so that it became something that we could support and be involved in. And it was through those conversations that I was consulting with them a fair bit in my volunteer role. And then as it came to fruition, they were looking around for someone to assist Adam to be the sort of second teacher to him. And I hadn't actually considered doing that at all either, sort of fell into it by saying, well, I'd like to keep consulting with you because I'm, I'm feeling quite passionate about this and we've supported the idea of the program. So I'd like to see it through to, in a way, to reassure myself that what was happening was something that, you know, ACAL and me personally, that, that we could get behind and that it was, you know, following all those things that as adult literacy teachers we think a good practice. And so that was how I ended up. Um, thought I would be hiding out in the background of the classroom, never to be seen mm -hmm. on camera, but it hasn't worked out that way. <laughs> yeah, cool. No, it's so exciting. I feel uh, like, you know, I know, know someone famous, you know, it's very uh, exciting <laughs> for me. I know when you're in your position, it's like, oh, well, I'm just going about my day-to-day -day thing. But the, the fact that you're going to be, um, on television very shortly is exciting can we you mentioned the the brave participants can we talk a little bit about some of those how many how many people are involved in the in the program in terms of students there's eight eight adults and a, a nice variety of ages a good variety of backgrounds um they're working all but one who unfortunately lost his job at the start of COVID and he's looking for work so a really great representation of the sort of literacy issues that we've got through the community that that we don't often talk about mm. and they they all have faced different challenges that made them want to come forward at this point and I think that's really exciting too when, when you see that it, it'll be really interesting because I think there's there's so many different points in there that people will say oh uh, you know I, I understand exactly what they're going through or yes you know this is how I feel or I know someone who feels like this mm. and, and so we've got a whole range of people in there from someone who has a very little writing and reading through to someone who is really trying to seek the skills to go to a different and more advanced job so so quite a really great variety isn't it Adam? It is, yeah, and I, I found the same, Joe. I, 
I really love the age differences and the cultural differences and also the um, the differences in goals. Everyone had a different goal, which is really what led Joe and I to write the program, which was both a challenge, um, but also a really, uh, it was a great challenge because we got to meet people where they were at. We didn't mm. write a generic program to just suit adults. We, we wrote a program for one person trying to get his license and one person trying to read a menu and one person trying to advance their career, as Joe said. So it was a, a blessing and a challenge both, but it was um, one that made the group really wholesome and um, and sharing their stories collectively, apart from Joe and I's input, was um, was really a big thrust for, for the success. So the students all, and still communicate with each other and support each other. Mm. Um, you know, Joe and I became secondary at some points because the students supported each other in the skills that they had, which was really what we hoped for from the beginning. Yeah, that sounds like uh, such a fantastic learning culture. And, you know, as someone working in education myself, that's what you want. You want to create an environment where you are not just the, the go-to source of information, but there's, um, you know, an atmosphere of learning and a cohesive, supportive environment. That sounds, sounds amazing. Um, this podcast is all about you know, success and how we, how different people view success and then how can we use education to scale that to the masses. So um, this, this story that you guys have helped to, to create, um, you know, obviously is, is a good, a good fit for that. Can you tell me a little bit about how each of the participants on this, uh, on this program describe success? Maybe, Joe, if I could start with you, if you could just think of one example, you know, one participant on the on the program, how would he or she describe success for themselves? Oh, you know, th this is really interesting to think about because as a teacher, you know, often you get caught up in this idea that success is all about measurable improvements but mm. for these people the success was about something in their life actually changed so being yeah. able to go home and read a story to your child help them with their homework have that confidence mm. um that was success and that was a real it, it, they're real life successes yeah. you know to to feel that i can't do this i'm it's not working for me mm. and then after a few weeks to be able to start doing something and feel confident and think I can do this. Yeah. That was the success. Yeah, cool. What about you, Adam? Yeah, I mirrored Joe's, Joe's words. Um, as a teacher also, we often we put sort of extrinsic motivators on mm. the outset, like, you know, the view to get a license or to, to achieve a better job or to, um, you know, receive a certificate in a, in a course that you're studying. But, so many of the students put forward, I want to gain confidence or I want to feel proud of myself or I want to be a great mother or a great father or I just want to achieve something because I want to or because I'm ready. And I always really like to um, acknowledge those successes because I think those are the longer lasting ones. Those are the ones that these students look at themselves in the mirror every day and feel that success. And Joe and I can issue certificates all we want and sure though they are measures of success. However, I think the the most important and the most valuable ones for all of our students was the intrinsic rewards of just feeling really good about themselves. And um, and, and I will say just on one student in particular, I, I don't think we're giving names, but 
one student in particular, his motivation was to to really inspire other people to to set about their literacy literacy challenges, and and I think um, he's already doing that. So he feels amazing that other people are saying, actually, that's my story, and mm. thanks for being brave enough to put yourself first because now I have the confidence to. So um, greater than greater than improving his literacy was his desire to inspire others to to say look literacy is a challenge for me but i'm successful in so many other domains yeah yeah i think it's about your some of it was about your emotional life wasn't it you know the probably the biggest success for my feeling of the biggest success was seeing a group of people come in at the beginning who really didn't think they they all thought that there was something almost um a negative aspect to themselves because they couldn't do this. And by the end, we could see that they were talking to themselves about themselves in mm. a different way. And that was success because that impacts everything else, you know, that you then go on and do in your life. If you feel confident in yourself, then other things become achievable. Yeah. Yeah, that's so right. And I love um, what you're saying there. For those of you who are listening to this podcast and have been following, you know, my story for a little while, you would know that I have struggled to fit in education and struggled to fit, um, find my place for the very reason that uh, what I try to do as uh, as a life coach doesn't necessarily fit into the education um, paradigm. And so just hearing you guys describe uh, what I see as a, as a bigger picture, you know, the, the cause of a life coach is to, to help people to become more of themselves, to become confident, to become uh, aligned with their their identity and that person that they want to be, whether it be a good, you know good mum or a great employee or whatever whatever the story they want to tell is, um, those those goals that belong to the student is uh, what gets me uh, excited and education sort of coming on board to serve that um, rather than education sort of being this big institution and and the student comes in and has to be the servant within the institution. I'm just really excited to hear you describe the model the way that you described it. And I think a lot of people out there will relate to it, not only relate to the stories that, uh, that you're telling within the, you know, within the program, but also relate to the overall uh, concept of this is how it should be. You know, this is how learning could look. And uh, that's, that's really exciting. Um, it's inevitable that on the, the journey, you know, on a journey like this one that, uh, that the participants and possibly even yourselves are going to face some struggles uh, along the way. You know, that's par for the course whenever you take on real learning and, and you own it and you are going to go through this, this journey where you feel like you want to give up and you want to quit. Are there any sort of stories um, like that that sort of spring to mind uh, for you guys? Adam, can you think of any that, um, that come to mind? Yeah, yeah, well, there were. I think there were struggles for both me as a professional. I'm sure Joe and I collectively as professionals, um, and and of course for the students sharing their struggles with their journey. So I, I think I'll speak to both of those. Um, firstly, for myself as a teacher, I I had this re constant reflection of um, of being very overprotective of my students, highly aware that that a documentary was being made showcasing our students with all their bells and whistles and strengths and weaknesses. And I found myself being really protective. So 
I didn't want the cameras to show the student not getting it, or I didn't mm. want the student to be seen as as less than all. And I was really, really, you know, I went to work most days feeling really strongly about that. But I had to, I had to allow myself to say, well, sometimes it's through making mistakes that we do, that we do learn more, and then other times that the audience won't understand the struggles of our students if they don't see it. So personally, that was a professional challenge of mine to to really, you know, to find my place into um, allowing things to be as they were, um, mm -hmm. admittedly in an artificial environment with cameras on, um, but, but somewhere along the, the happy medium of uh, success is trialling a few things until you get it. And it doesn't mean getting it right all the time and all of us make mistakes. So that was one, uh, a professional challenge. And I, um, as for the students, I think um, seeing multiple attempts at, at a, without giving it away, I, we're certainly really aware that we're not giving away anything that's, that's shown on the TV show. So mm. uh, many of our students struggled to achieve their goal of whether it be reading or um, striving to get a license or to um, read a menu, for example. And another another student wanted to write an email to her workplace. So all of these things came with a lot of trial and error that weren't, um, they didn't manifest immediately. So there were many struggles on their behalf and we had to be really careful not to um, just reinforce their school experience of saying, well, no, you've got it wrong and here we are being the teachers reinforcing mm -hmm. that you got it wrong. And we made a really big effort to um, really embed the adult learning aspects of this and that mistakes are part of it. And Joe and I aren't perfect. We don't have all the answers. You might have to get them from someone else or mm -hmm. we make mistakes publicly all the time. So I think that was a real learning curve for most of our students, more so than the, you know, inverted commas, the lessons we embedded, it was more the, the new self-identity of, I can make mistakes and it's okay. Mm. So I think that was a really big shift. That was for me. Yeah, I, I agree. For us, there was a struggle of um, sitting ourselves into a new context that we'd never been in and that feeling that you're being scrutinised all the time and, and trying to, to double think everything that you did until we realised that we could sort of let go a little bit and that we were just you know, if people didn't like what we were doing, we are going to get judged anyway. We just had to go with it. That was really hard to let go of that feeling of, I don't want to come across looking, you know, like I'm not doing the right thing and I don't want people to be judging me either, which mm. had never really occurred to me because, as Adam said, we were so protective about the students and and what we thought was happening to them. Because, of course, when, when we're talking about designing the program, we're only talking about designing the learning program. But there's a TV show going on around us with things that they were doing in that, that, that Adam and I weren't necessarily involved in because we were doing the teaching part of it. And so letting go of that and saying, oh, well, I just have to be myself. And... Um, you know, I, I think looking at the show, I think I wish that I'd sort of controlled my emotions a bit because I often ended up in tears. <laughs> but <laughs> but we just do we did just go with it and what you see is is who we are and and, and what we did. And mm. I think after about probably the first two days, Adam, it took us only about that long to go, 
we just have to let go of the fact that we're on camera and we're just going to have to be ourselves because we have to do the right thing by these students. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is so important because of what you were saying, Adam, before about um, there's, you know, someone on there wanted to be an inspiration for for other people struggling with literacy. And in order to be an inspiration, we also have to be willing to be vulnerable and, and share our struggles because we can't inspire if we're just picture perfect all the time. We have to be relatable um, as well. Were there times, I'm just really curious, and I know you can't give uh, too much away, but I'm just really curious, were there moments where there, where people wanted to just quit, like walk off um, and say, you know, stuff this, I'm not, I, I'm, I don't want, I didn't want to sign up for this. Absolutely. I think, you know, if you're an adult and you've waited for a while to come forward to say, I've got some literacy issues, there's for, for many people, not for all of them, but for many people, there's a real shame associated with that. Mm. And, and it took a lot of, a lot of bravery, a lot of personal effort to, to be able to keep engaging, especially because, you know, learning's not a magic solution. It's a slow process. And this is the beginning of their learning, learning life, really. You know, we mm. gave them a jump start, but we didn't fix every, you know, every issue. Yeah. And so definitely there are a lot of struggles and, and I think you'll really see that in the program. Mm. Um, and with that, of course, added pressure of, I'm exposing myself to yeah. the world, but even in, you know, in a class down the road, you know, at our local learning center, people feel the same way. So yeah. it's always difficult to put yourself out there and to think, I don't know if I can do this. And I'm, mm. it's, it's, it's a challenge to your personal identity. Yeah, definitely. Do you think they walked away from the experience with that understanding that they are learners for life? I, I think so. And Joe and I have been in contact with all of the students since the since the filming and um, and each of them in their own way are continuing with their journey, whether it's enrolled in courses or um, emailing each other or, um, you know, going ahead on an adventure that they hadn't planned to prior. So absolutely they are, as well as Joe and I continue. And I will say with the struggles, um, not only were there struggles with you know, I can't do this thing and I really want to do this thing. Um, but there were, in, in a, as, as teachers and facilitators, one thing that we're really mindful of is setting our environment so that it's safe and protective and silent and confidential and all of those things that we do and look after as teachers. But the one thing that's, <laughs> when there are cameras involved, well, all of a sudden, all of those things go out the window because this, this real safe environment that we've started and is in jeopardy because now we're exposed. So some of the tools we use as teachers became a little bit redundant because we had to acknowledge that there were cameras on the students knew they were being filmed, obviously, because it's a documentary. Yeah. So yeah. some of the challenges related to, I'm okay to do this, but I don't want to be filmed doing this today. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was, for both Joe and I it was a learning experience. We're not we're not TV celebrities by any measure. We're teachers and really proud of that. And we've been in adult education for a long time. Um, so it was a real learning experience for us too. So, um, and just to close on that, some of those struggles brought us closer together as well. So Joe and I would be able to say, 
look, we get it. This is new to us also. Mm. <laughs> so we all need to support each other. And, and actually, you need to support Joe and I equally because we're new to this too. And I think that's a, a good point to go to, Adam, because I don't want you to think that it was all struggles and that everyone had issues. The other thing that was really interesting that we weren't really expecting, I think, was that people suddenly realised they had all these skills that they didn't know about. And I think that's something to do with what I would call as a teacher um, the multimodal as aspects of literacy that they were kind of thinking of being literate is being able to read some writing on a piece of paper. But actually, you know, um, one of the students who probably had the, the the lowest skills, I guess, in being able to read on a piece of paper had the highest digital literacy, amazing, and taught us so much. Mm. And they, they each found that they had all these strengths that they hadn't acknowledged and hadn't realised and that, that none of them were were you know what's the word I want none of them were as um lacking in the skills as they thought they were and they it was a confidence boost as well and being able to share that with each other Hmm. but they had so many skills you know that that when we were able to share them they were amazing yeah now that's a good point joe Adam, you mentioned earlier um, the students reimagining education, you know, what, you know, they they came from a particular experience from their school background and coming into this, they sort of had to reimagine what this was going to be. Um, When other educators watch this, when other teachers or school leaders or, you know, TAFE leaders or, or What's what do you think they're going to take away from it? How how does education need to change or or shift to to better cater for these type of students, but also you know every every student. From the outset, Joe and I planted our flag firmly in adult education. We wanted to, that's what we do, and that's what we want to do really well. So one of the one of the differences is that in adult education it's not all teacher driven we're not driving we're not driving it we're not in we're not the bosses we're not in charge we're not disciplining anyone we're really there to walk alongside other adults who are who are looking forward to their journey so some of the students had come the last time that experienced education was in school and that might have been 10 12 40 years ago so whether that experience was positive or negative it was certainly a long time ago so one thing that Joe and I really wanted to push was, well, now you're adults and now we're going to do it a different way. So whether we're right or wrong, it wasn't, it wasn't really about we do it better. It was more about we do it different. Hmm. And we really listen to our students and we meet them where they're at. And they're going to bring a whole host of skills that are going to propel them forward and, and teach their colleagues as well. So I think one of the differences between school education versus adult education is that you know teachers in adult education walk with their students and teachers in younger school teach their students information and facts and knowledge which has its place there's there's a different place for both of those things so um it was really important for joe to to really plant the the adult education flag and um and that was something i hope that i hope we did well and and i certainly think from seeing the smiles on the students faces then I think that reinforces that we did 
do pretty well in that regard, Joe. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think, Andrew, the answer to your question might be that what I think people might take away from it is how people feel when they come out of education and that no matter where they've been educated, we need to focus on creating people who are confident in themselves to keep going and, and to take a risk so that they can re-engage in learning. Uh, I think that really came out to us that people lacked confidence to take a risk and to sort of put themselves out there and go, oh, I'm going to have a go at learning this because they hadn't had very positive experiences in the past or what they well, I mean, it's all about how you perceive it, isn't it? So maybe, you know, it might have been a fabulous um, situation that they were in, but what they took away from it was, I'm not very good at this mm. learning thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. When does the show go to air? When are we going to see it? The first episode will be airing on Wednesday, the 22nd of September at 8.30pm on SBS. All right, so that's two days' time from uh, when you're hearing this podcast. Um, so make sure you put that in your diaries. I'm definitely going to be watching it with the family. We're going to be, um, you know, all sitting around together, and I'll point out and say, "I know that lady, Joe. She's um, you know, a friend of mine, <laughs> and it's it's nice to now know you as well, Adam." Um, thank you guys so much for, for being here today. I really appreciate you coming in and sharing about this experience, giving us sort of a, a, um, a back-end look at, at the production and also, you know, how we look at success and how we've used education, how you guys have used education to scale its success uh, for, for other people. So if people are wanting to, to know more about you or see, you know, some other things that, that you guys do, where can they uh, find out more about you guys? Uh, you could probably have a look at the Australian Council for Adult Literacy, um, which is okay. the body that, that I'm representing. And we'll put links to, um, to that just below wherever you're listening to this podcast. What about you, Adam? Um, I'm a little harder to find because I work in corrections, so uh, <laughs> I don't really have a body to, to work with. But, I, yeah, absolutely, um, yeah, work with adults in the jail system. But in my other life as a musician, I... Um, I go by the name of Adam Blacksmith and I've got an Instagram handle and Facebook and, and I guess that's where I share my passion for lyrics and words and, and it just happens in an artistic form for me. So it's uh, all in one, but it's a different name because it's a stage name because I had to uh, disconnect myself from the jail. I couldn't have inmates finding me uh, on the outside, but that's, uh -huh. that was the, <laughs> the stage name. <laughs> Very cool. And uh, yeah, just like Joe, I'll, I'll put links to, to Adam Blacksmith and, and where you can find out more about Adam uh, and his music uh, below wherever you're listening to this podcast. Guys, thank you so much for your time today. I really uh, appreciate your insights and um, really looking forward to, to seeing the show when it goes to air. Thank you, Adam. It's, um, thank you, Andrew and Adam. <laughs> thank you, Thanks, both Joe. of you. <laughs> Uh, and thanks, Andrew, for having us on and um, and for championing the cause of adult literacy. And I think you'll all love Lost for Words. And Joe and I had an absolute ball of a time um, on the show. And and just for the record, Joe and I didn't know each other before this, and we've become really good friends as a result. And, um, you know, so I, I want that to be clear, and you'll see our connections throughout the show as well. So I can't wait for everyone to see Lost for Words.
Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. And there you have it. Adam Nobilia and Joe Medlin, two passionate educators who uh, with SBS have put together an incredible documentary. I'm really looking forward to that uh, on Wednesday night. I'm going to be sharing it with my friends, sharing it with my family. And that is, of course, why I'm here uh, wanting to share it with you guys as well. Make sure you go check that out. It really does champion the cause of creating confident learners, learners willing to take risks and uh, become the best version of themselves. Now, if that is something that you would like to pursue, if you would like to uh, become the best version of yourself, then what I recommend is that you take the lifestyle design quiz. There's a link just below wherever you're listening to this podcast. You just need to go to lifestyledesignquiz.com, enter your details there, and you can get started. It'll generate a free personalized report that's going to uh, give you your strength profile, your focus for growth, and also give you some smart, specific action steps, some coaching steps that are going to help you move forward in the next positive step in your life. Now, thank you so much again for, for being here, for being a part of this podcast and being a part of this community. That's all from me for this week. Bye for now. Thank mm-hmm. you.